Right, so here we are. It is week eight, week nine for some. I guess it was week one. Who even knows at this point? It's 2020. Football's weird. But last weekend, it was a lot of fun. Big Ten was back, and we already saw their second-best playoff contender go right down the drain. Yep. Yeah, that was a wild wild game. I love that game. We got a— I love seeing James Franklin lose. Yeah, that was uh, – it was tough to be on the wrong side of it. Uh, from a gambling standpoint, but that was that was a fun game to watch, and we were treated we were treated with quite the slate. Uh, I would say I would even argue spoiled uh, last weekend. We had uh, we had every 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 slate or every spot in the slate had had good good football to watch. So I was I was thankful for that. It made made for a very enjoyable Saturday. Yeah, we were we were so happy with just having football for so long. We forgot what it was like to actually have good football. Yeah. And I, I, I say me, Donovan, Donovan and I have to take back our take because we were kind of shitting on the, the Big Ten a little bit, but they, they gave us some great games, some some entertaining games. And it, it was just awesome to have good football after good football after good football that entire day. We're back. Yeah. And we'll definitely get into it later, but part of the reason, you know, I really enjoyed, you know, actually being able to sit back and watch football is like, we cruise. That's the best feeling on the Saturday. Now, did I turn the Irish game off at the end? No, I didn't, but I was tempted because there's like three there's like three or four other games at that point that were coming down to the wire, close games, you know. There's a Texas Tech game, shout out to that eighty seven yard punt. It was just a great oh my death God. That that punt to crush that ball. That was a yeah, the last week was the great greatest greatest weekend ever to have five to have five screens in the living room. Uh, getting to watch a little bit of everything. I even got to see my shout out, shout out to uh, Brennan Smith. Yeah. Really, really good weekend for him to uh, get the bug. Absolutely, and then uh, also, I mean, also shout out to the Rucker Scarlet Knights. Are are they back after uh, after taking down Rocky Lombardi and this and the Spartans and on the road? What an awful loss for for Michigan State. Yeah, that's not it's no I think good. They might just be that bad. I think so too. They might just be that bad. We're gonna find out how real this Rutgers team is this week with uh, with a road, with a, with a test in at in New Jersey against against a pretty good Indiana team. We'll see. That's that's another conversation I want to have about how good do we actually think this Indiana team is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like I, I I would not be shocked if Rutgers gave them a little bit of a game. I agree. Um, I think the Rutgers is the perfect matchup for Indiana to string another win together after a huge win, top ten win for them. Yeah, uh, but that Indiana program does not like 
instill confidence in me that they're going to get on a roll here in, in any way. But, I mean, huge win for them. I agree. It's it's cool. It's interesting, too, because them and Penn State could head in two completely different directions. Penn State's mm-hmm. Penn State's got to got to play. I think they're I think the game's in in Happy Valley, but they got to play host to to an Ohio State team um, that I thought looked pretty good. Um, I thought Nebraska hung in there a little tougher than I thought they were going to. But but Penn State could quickly go from being Big Ten East contender to Big Ten, Big Ten East pretender with an zero two zero two start here. Yeah, Donovan, um, our resident Ohioan, Ohioan, Ohio native, give us give us your take on what you saw from the Buckeyes. Um, you know, it's a game I didn't really want to watch. So for the most part, I didn't, except for when it was close in the, uh, at the start of the first half. Um, I mean, Justin Fields, he's really good. Like their vertical passing attack, they already have five-star receivers that catch in the back of the end zone by, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. It's like Sniff, Smith, uh, Njigba. Yeah, something like that. You know, where his unreal body control, you know, like, Seeing that is just knowing that there's a whole nother level to some of these teams like Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson. In my mind, like we just saw a lot of them show another gear that this Irish team may not have on Saturday. That was my biggest takeaway is Ohio State just has a gear that they can hit that our offense can't. And the main reason for that is Justin Fields. Yeah, he's incredible. If you're a Georgia fan, you cannot watch Ohio State for the rest of the year. No, absolutely not. And you know what? Um, I, I just – Slav, go ahead. I was just gonna say, you know, I was just I'm looking at his stat line right now. Justin Fields didn't even put that put up that great of a stat line. He was two hundred and seventy five two TDs, and he was accurate. He's twenty for twenty one. But I felt like he actually played a lot better than that stat line would indicate. Yeah, he's scary uh, good. He, I mean, with him on the field, there was just no doubt that they were ever gonna lose that game. No, at, at all. There was no shot. A um, couple other games that I wanted to touch on. Um, I thought Illinois would do a lot better against Wisconsin, and Wisconsin came out and put a beat down on them on Friday night. Yeah. I'm, but where does Wisconsin go from here? Like, do they have to cancel all three games? Because all the players are out for 21 days, and that's anticipating no one else on the team getting it. It's Yeah, exactly. It's I don't, absurd. I, Paul Chris has it. Yeah, I don't think, they've, I don't think they've canceled the next two games after Nebraska, which I think for them are Purdue and Ohio, and. Uh, and Michigan, um, they haven't canceled those games yet. I think I saw that the number was ten or eleven, including Paul Christ. So they can just shut down football operations for now. Um, hope hoping to kind of just stop the spread, stop it from moving from person to person, and hopefully they can stop it at ten and be ready to play next week. But uh, yeah, next weekend. But um, interesting situation there now. That if both Graham Mertz and what's the other kid's name? He's the same ex kid, right, Donna? Yep, Chase Wolf. We almost Chase had Wolf. two St. Xavier bombers starting in the Big Ten this week, but it wasn't meant to be. Neither of them could and, play. And there's a and there's a kid from Elder, Peyton Ramsey, starts at Northwestern. The GCL is just taking over the Big Ten. Really relevant to probably fifty percent of our listeners. <laughs> Honestly, probably. All right, Ian. What are the games you want to touch on before we get to the Irish? I I hate to do it. I don't want to talk talk about it either. I mean, I mean, Michigan looked like a train. Penn State or not Penn State? Minnesota had six starters out on defense. No okay, kicker, no yep. punter, no kickoff specialist. That changes a lot in terms their, of what their you can special do. teams was atrocious. Awful. Minnesota special teams was atrocious. Awful. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, they couldn't kick it deep. 
or even close to that. Like, they put them in some really bad spots, and then, you know, they had a bunch of guys out on defense. I don't want to give Michigan too much praise. It just it looks entirely different from what we've seen in the past in Michigan, which is what I'm scared about. Yeah, they look they look like a bunch better team than usual, and I'll I'll say this I don't we don't we don't like to make excuses here, um, but it was it was tough to find all that information out right before kickoff as Herb Street and uh, and uh, Fowler came on the air. I was like, you got to be kidding me, and 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 the and the lack and the lack of specialists showed. That um, kind of just it's it's not something you realize how important it is until it's gone, and then it was gone. And they couldn't kick. They couldn't kick the ball off. They they couldn't punt. Um, couldn't flip the field. It, it definitely it definitely killed the Golden Gophers on, on Saturday night. Unfortunately, they're running like very obvious fake punts from their own thirty. It's just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I think Fle- Fle- Fleck had his hands tied. But Michigan looked good, yeah. and and I thought Joe Joe Melton played pretty well. I got to give credit where credit is Joe, Mel- Joe Melton looked good. They yeah. just I, they just moved the chains. Yeah, and it wasn't like they're a crazy big play threat. Like they had a big run to to get themselves back in the first quarter, but yeah. Minnesota was helpless just getting them to move the ball down the field, which we have not seen from Michigan before. They usually just been Don Brown always puts out a good defense, but now that they have a competent offense, they're 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 a team. Yeah. Let's pump the brakes on competent offense. It's been one okay. game. You're right. They You're haven't right. played Ohio State or Penn State or Wisconsin. You're right. They'll play You're all right. those teams. Let's let's call their offense competent when they play them. Yeah, which is why they're. I, I bet they're gonna look pretty damn competent on Saturday when they got to take on. They get they get Spart the Sparties get Sparty at the big house. I bet they're gonna look pretty damn competent. Yeah. Sparty might be the worst team in the Big Ten. I I'm a, I'm on principle. I don't bet with Michigan. I'll, I'd rather not take the game or bet against them. But a Joe Mil- a Joe Milton over in passing yards, I bet looks super duper juicy. Yep. Um. When, one other game, Don. I'm sure you'll like Cincinnati rolled SMU. Hell yeah. Which is not what I was expecting. I mean, I think I got that pick wrong. But, you did. Uh, SMU. I I, I thank thank you, Slav. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I think SMU has played some pretty tight games, um, and I thought that American Conference would just be kind of a, a gritty conference, but Cincinnati kind of took their claim of the conference. I did. They put up a lot more points. They haven't really been high-powered on offense thus no. far this year. I don't know if it was SMU's defense Ritter or played really well. Offense. Ritter played really, yeah. really well. Yeah, yeah I, they did. I thought it was a big separation step uh, for, for Cincinnati in the, in the American East and and in the group of five altogether, I thought they big set big separation night mm-hmm. for them, uh, which was important. They should schedule a game with BYU at the end of the year. Why the hell not? Uh-huh. Who says no? Because they're scared. <laughs> yeah. Zach Wilson and the Mormons would get it done. Another big win for them. Put up fifty two. They don't. Uh, they don't Miami stop. squeaked by Virginia. Miami squeaked by Virginia. Miami. Eh. Yeah, I think they're. This is their. They're. They're twelfth, and I don't think they'll see higher than that going forward. I think they'll just kind of start falling off. Irish time. Let's talk Irish. I'm excited for the first for the first time in a long time. I'm excited. It it's, hasn't been that long. I, don't know. I was fairly excited after Florida State. Uh, this is one. You know, I just had a terrible feeling for the seven days in between Louisville and Pitt. Just like, is everything going to go wrong? And then on Saturday morning, we get the news, Kevin Austin, done for the year. It's another punch to the gut. But then 
everything was better for 54 minutes of game time because we just sucker punched them, you know. We were sending out tweets and everything. Oh, we need to come out and sucker punch Pitt. And, you know, I honestly wasn't expecting it to happen because our games against Pitt are always super weird. But, my, oh my, that was almost a perfect performance and through the yeah, first three quarters. Just what the doctor ordered. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I was there was a lot of things that that were that were super impressive, and um, I think I think there was a there was immediate there was a big panic button that was slammed. I know I slammed it. I would I know my my roommate slammed it. I know a few of our friends slammed it when we found out that today was going to be the day we we're going to need to pass the rock, throw the ball around the yard, and Kevin Austin was out, and Jordan Johnson doesn't make the trip. Um, I think that was that was quite concerning for a lot of people because if, if anything this this looked like it was his spot much to everybody i'm sure that much everybody's liking kelly looks like he pushed the right buttons uh got the got the right guys going and got these guys got these guys rolling which is good i think it's a, it's a good confidence step um this was a really big confidence boost i'd like to see this team with a little moxie and a little swag rolling in on on sat on Saturday, November seventh, it's going to take another good effort against Georgia Tech this weekend uh, in Atlanta. But I think this was a really good first step in that direction, um, and specifically for the wide receiver group, they looked they looked much better than they have in the previous games combined. I'd agree with that. I mean, Ben Skoranek, awesome to see him step up. You knew someone had to do it. We haven't really had a player. I mean, he made two great plays. You know came across Paris Ford was guarding him on that first touchdown shook him high point of the ball and then the second one just daddy the DB like you know there's shades of our past receivers we've been saying all year where's the boy can where's the clay pool there was shades of that with Skoranek at least being able to go up high point the football then beat guys to the end zone it was it was refreshing to see I'd say yeah um it, it was great to see especially those plays out of Skoranek I'm still not sold. Um, that that play seemed a little like great play, the, the long touchdown catch. Um, great play. He went up and high pointed it. Um, terrible play by the pit safety. Um, so I'm not I'm not crazy sold that that's gonna happen week in week out. But I mean it's a it's a step in the right direction. Um, and for once, our wide receivers made game changing plays, which it's been a while since we said that. Yeah, I- and KJ Stefferson. <laughs> And I think one thing before before we move uh, a few things before we move on to defense that we need to get to, that we need to touch on, I think two guys who made a massive difference in the game were Michael Mayer. Um, one, that guy is a absolute unit. Um, he he is he he's and he just looks like he gets bigger every week. I don't know, maybe it was the road whites, but he just looked bigger than he did in the blue jerseys. I don't know why. Um, he he looked awesome, and I have to give. For somebody who's been fairly critical of Ian Buck, I have to give Ian Buck a lot of credit. Um, he showed a lot of poise and a lot of intelligence, um, and in that, to me, he showed it mostly uh, in him carrying the football, him stepping up in the pocket, and, and him taking off, um, making the defense kind of kind of respect his uh, his run game, um, being willing to take off and pick up the first down by himself. I think it's what ultimately opened up Skaronic, especially in the first touchdown. Um, they couldn't they couldn't drop a linebacker. Um, they couldn't drop a linebacker down by the first, you know, by the first down marker. They had to bring him up to the line of scrimmage to kind of respect Ian Book as a spy, um, and it kind of left Skaronic one on one with the safety, um, and Skaronic made a play, uh, which is good. But I, I have to give Ian Book a lot of credit. I thought he played really, really well, especially using his feet early um, to kind of make the defense respect him on that. 
Yeah, I, I kind of a take on Book. I, I thought this was his best game this season. He played well, and the biggest thing I wanted to see out of him, <coughs> pardon me, was his decision-making. I thought, you know, in terms of decisions, this was almost his best game. Physically, there were a couple of throws that, you know, I'm not asking him to make a 50-yard bomb down the sideline every time, but... You know, there was, I remember distinctly, it was Michael Mayer on one wheel route, and then Kyron Williams on another, threw it about 10 feet over Mayer's head, then under through Kyron by a lot, he had to stop his tracks. Both of those plays could have gone for touchdowns, but I'm not as worried about those as I was about mental mistakes earlier in the season, just because I know he can make those throws. Those throws aren't too tough. Um, you know, if it was a... If this was Clemson, you know, I'd be pissed about him missing those throws. But the biggest thing is he he made the right read almost every single time against Pitt. And I think that's the biggest takeaway about Book's game is that. Yeah, he um, – I mean, obviously we talked a lot about how good Pitt's defense was going into the game. But you're right. Mentally he looked ready to take it on. And then he stepped up in the pockets a couple times, took some big hits, especially on the throw to Skoranek. Um, and he, he didn't really have happy feet that we've seen him have before against good D-lines. He stood in there, and he commanded the offense, and he took us down the field, and, and we knocked the crap out of him. So I thought it was exactly what we needed from Ian Book. Um, no reason not to expect that he can make those those physical plays and those misses that you're talking about there, Donovan, put it all together for one one perfect game. Yeah, I also think that uh, the offensive line was challenged, uh, as we expected, in a much bigger way than they have been all season um they thought i thought they had a lot of trouble dealing with dealing with some of the blitzes especially coming from just them them and the running backs combined dealing with the corner blitzes um especially with and with wide edge rushers um but overall i mean they still come through as the bet as one of the top rated offensive lines by pro football focus again this week even with a massive step up in competition so that was uh that was promising. I, I like to see that. I, I would have liked to have seen them be able to dominate the line scrimmage more, get a little bit more of a push. But um, it was it was also good to see that they're going to be able to win football games in other ways if we can't start pushing guys six or seven yards in the field, and and and, uh, and we'll have to settle for just get, getting our quarterback some time. So have we have we heard anything more about Braden Lindsey? I think he's going to be. Uh, I think he's going to. I think he's out. He's definitely out this week. Uh, based, I don't know if you guys saw Kelly's pre- Kelly's presser on Monday, um, but his uh, his his presser just essentially he just said that Braden Lindsay this is a nagging injury and he's going to have to get right before he plays again, um, which which I would assume would need back to back to 100. Um, percent Hopefully he's just on complete rest till you know Wednesday November 5th, um, and he can. Yeah, and he can work it back to to health and to strength, but um, but we'll see. I think he's he's definitely. I think we can consider him out for uh, for Saturday. I'd be shocked if he played. So I was I was initially upset that he was like even in the game at that point. You know, it happened like six minutes left in the fourth. We're throwing a deep ball up by forty two, um, but you know, I mean, he's got to get reps somehow. I mean, he hasn't gotten a crazy amount of reps because he's missed time due to injury. My other thought is, okay, he's out. Who steps up? It's got to be Jordan Johnson, right? Maybe Joe Wilkins, but Joe, worst case scenario, Jordan Johnson at least gets more looks in practice. Which it sounds like he has this week. Mm-hmm. Finally got her first like mention of him in the press conferences, which 
I don't know. I I still won't believe it until I see Kelly actually put him out there on Saturday. But, I mean, to hear Ian Book talk about it means... I, I saw something, you know, it's basically... Ian Book wouldn't have been able to say that in the press conference unless Brian Kelly okayed him to say that. You know, Jordan Johnson's the only person he named, so... You know, there's theories out there. You know, was he just doing it to boost Johnson's confidence, or was it actually true that you know he was making some unbelievable catches? I'm hoping it's you know a little bit of both, because once again we need you know I think Skronik could be a good number two. We still need a number one. Doesn't have to be you know fully developed like Chase Claypool was, but just need more, uh, just a more explosive receiver to just stretch the field. It'll help our run game. It'll help everything. Yeah. I, I'd agree. I'd agree with that completely. Um, it also sounds from the injury stamp, from the injury front, sounds like we'll get Keys back and we'll get Tariq Bracey back, um, which is which is good. Sounds like they'll be healthy and ready to go on Saturday. Um, you guys want to turn it over? Look, look, look at some of the defensive stuff. I, I don't want to. I don't want to skip. I don't want to skip the running backs um, because I thought Kyron did. Kyron did. Kyron did a really good job in the passing game, um, but I didn't think that they did anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. They were. They. They, they were good. They. They, they were good. They did their job, and 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 that was good. But you will talk some day. I, I. Well, I thought one real thing on the quick thing on the running backs. I thought it was it was a good indicator of kind of where our depth chart stands. Um, you see, late in that game, Kyron and Chris Tyree are holding their helmets in their hands. They're not going back in. Um, then we saw a lot of Sebo, and then it looks like Jafar is the fourth man on the list, um, which, you know, kind of a bummer for him, but. Um, I thought we'd see a little bit more in him, more from him in this this offense. But uh, looks like the the young guys are taking our run game from here on out. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Nothing, no just, no compassion. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. I, th- Maybe, I think Jafar's why not? Had, what about he's had about enough him? opportunities? Yeah, I guess he, he's right. ha- he's gotten probably more touches than the other three guys combined over his Notre Dame career. And, to this point, we still haven't seen any. We've seen more flashes out of the other three and you know, a third half the opportunities that Jafar's gotten. All right. I think it's time to move All on. Right, let's, talk, let's talk some defense. All right. Yeah. Here. Now I want to I want to start with a stat here that I pulled from uh, from Pete Sampson's Monday recap on the in the athletic. Uh, Pitt finished with a total of 162 yards. They had seven drives that were seven drives that were 10 yards or less. And they never entered the red zone. Oh my god! Sheesh. Oh man, what a tough day! What a <laughs> tough day. Tough. I mean, tough the day. catch, the catch that they that set up their only field goal of the game. Sean Crawford. I'm not sure what he was doing. He tried to take the receiver's head off. First of all, Sean <laughs> yeah. Crawford, you're you're the smallest dude on the field. Um, you're not really taking anyone's heads heads off. If he just looked at the ball, that was the easiest interception of his career. Yeah, like, and that's what set up their only points. Yeah, like, you want you want you wanted the shutout. Yeah, I want the shutout. Um, I think that that happened that happened more than once uh, in the game. I, I made I made a note of it uh, on the rewatch, both on the first drive. Uh, Sean Crawford down the sideline, and DJ Brown also did something similar. I think I think it was over the middle, where if you just turn to locate the ball. That's going the other way, um, but you know, it, it, again, that's that's my nitpick on defense because if those if that if that was what I had wrong with the defense on on Saturday, then that's yeah. fine. Give me that every time. Not everybody can be Kyle Hamilton. No, because he unfortunately, 
incredibly well. So, yes, he does. Yes, we we just held our DBs to a high standard because we see him do that all the time. But I will say, Nick McLeod with a great interception late in the game. Uh, that just like from a ball skill standpoint, turn around and going up and catching that ball. That was that was nice. And getting the foot down. We've been looking, getting the foot down. We've just been looking for some turnovers from this defense. Like they're too good to not take the ball away. Yeah, I agree. And get Bo Bauer one early, um, and then was who else? Had, who, had the, who was it? Was it two or three? Who had the last one? Woo Woo, Woo had the other one, right? Woo, Woo, Woo had the other one. Yeah, yeah. In coverage, like great pick by him too. Yeah, that He's that's so gonna show up on tape. Like we're gonna see that on draft night. Like mm-hmm. this is he can do it. He can do it all. Yeah, that was, that was a great play. Run stop. Run. It's, it, it, it's a it's a crazy talented defense, and I'm I'm, I'm hung up on this, but. To be a great defense rather than a good defense, you have to take the ball away. I agree completely, completely. That was that was the most frustrating thing about watching our defense play football through the, through the first few games was uh, an inability to to turn teams over. It didn't it didn't end up mattering um, because I think you played some subpar opponents, but I think again in, in bigger games, turning the, turning the other team over once or twice is huge, uh, especially for momentum. Um, so I think that was a that was a really good step in the right direction on that front. Yeah, so I, I kind of have a take on this, and uh, you know, I I think it starts with the D line. We just haven't gotten that much out of our D line so far in terms of pressure. Um, I don't know if it's like we just haven't gotten to the quarterback with those guys. I know Ade I think has two sacks, Foskey has two and a half, but they haven't really been the dominating presence that we had with. Khalid Kareem, Julian Aquara, Jerry Tillery, the guys of the last few years. And more than anything, I think probably the most fumbles come from hitting the quarterback, strip sacks, and then obviously pressure creates interceptions. I think, I don't know if it's guys just not winning one-on-one battles. I know D-line got hit especially hard with COVID if they're just recovering. But if we can find ways to generate more pressure on the quarterback, now I'm not saying blitz six people every play will get torched. I don't think our DBs are good enough for that. But if we just find ways to get more pressure on the quarterback, force them to make quick decisions, we have athletes in the back end like Kyle Hamilton who can break on a ball and make a play if the quarterback just puts it up there. And then, I don't know, I think it starts with the D-line. We just have to create more pressure. I thought we did a better job this game compared to Louisville where we got you know, zero sacks, but I, I think we need to see a little more there from the D-line if we want to, you know, win on November 7th. It's coming up. We've been talking about it for a while. It's creeping up on us. Yeah. D-I- one more. We have one more. <laughs> D-I- I'd agree. I think that the interior D-line uh, has done its job uh, for, for all that you can ask uh, between Myron and Kurt Heinisch and uh, Howard Cross and any, and any of the other guys you get in on, on the interior. Um, but I agree. I think I'd like to see a little bit more pressure, uh, a little bit more success in one-on-ones from the edge rushers, um, from the Fox, from the Foskies of the world, from the Dalen Hayes of the world, and, for, and from from the Audis of the world. Uh, I don't think they're doing a bad job at all uh, by any means, but I think they could really take this defense to the next level if you could start getting home on the quarterback and start hitting the quarterback a little bit more as well. Um, so I was that's I, I would agree with that. Yeah, and they're doing a great job against the run. Yeah. So, like, the, everyone's filling their gaps. We're not having dudes, at least on run plays, not playing to their assignments, opening up huge holes. Like, you know, we dominated. I think first half they had a net of zero rushing yards. Yeah. Yeah. Again. I think. 
What a tough. It game. was either zero or two. Uh, I forget. I forget. But it was. It, it, it whatever it was. It wasn't good. Um, one other thing I wanted to touch on on offense. I don't know why it happened, but I felt like uh, Kelly and Book burned timeouts early, um, which was again. This is me nitpicking, and it, again, it did. Inconsequential in this game, but I think it could be consequential uh, against a team like Clemson, where I think you're going to want every possession that you can get. Um, and if it comes down to it, you have the ball, you know, coming into going into going into the half, and you get the ball back with a minute thirty left. I feel like those are going to be good timeouts to have, uh, especially if you don't have a one chunk, seventy five yard guy um, to 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 pick it up all at once. So just a, just a time management issue. It's not something major. It didn't hurt us last. Didn't hurt us last week. I don't anticipate it hurt us this week, but uh, it's something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, saving a possession, uh, going yeah, going into going into that Clemson game. So one more one more thing on the defense. It's great to see Bo Bauer make a big play, but whenever he makes a pl- any play at all, I think somebody's going to tear an ACL in the celebration. Probably him too. It's it's dangerous for the rest of the team. He is so hyped, all the time. <laughs> and good for him for for making a play. But it's it's scary afterwards. I mean, he says. I think he said, and I think I don't know if he was interviewed after the game or whether it's earlier this week. He said like he's playing at like a four out of ten energy level for him right now. Like Clarkley is like you physically cannot play at a ten. You're out of control. You have no idea what you're doing. So the energy that he plays at right now is just crazy high. Everyone loves it. That's a four for him. That's ridiculous. He's a nut. I love Bo. He Bauer. is an absolute loose Bauer. nut. He is a loose nut for sure. Also, one more thing we did we did do really well. I'm sorry to keep going back to this. I, I should have mentioned this earlier, but we uh, we chew clock like nobody's business. I mean, we uh, we. Oh they, we did it against Louisville. Yeah, they had so in this game, Pitt had nineteen and change in possession, and Notre Dame had north of forty. Um, that's 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 dominating football. That is, uh, I think, and there's a, uh, you know, there's two parts that that's that's long sustained drives and and picking up third downs and and staying staying ahead of schedule in front of the sticks, and it's also your defense getting off getting off the field on third down. Uh, kudos to everybody for that. Uh, that 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 was nice to see. Another absolute domination of possession. I agree with that. Those awesome. See another one of those. You give us the ball and we're winning with seven and a half minutes left in the game. Yeah. Back to back weeks, we've just ended it. Yeah. Like <laughs> a touchdown. Yeah. Like we could have taken another two minutes off that if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we? Uh, are we giving out awards? Yeah. Sure. Sure. All right. I, I could start. Um, this is my bald head of the week. Bald beauty of the week. Whatever you want to call it, just a guy that I loved watch play this week. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's time. I think he's starting to get more recognition on the national scene, as he will for the next few years. I saw a couple clips on Twitter of him just crushing guys on blocks. And obviously, you know, he's making the huge catches. Todd McShay said that he was the most talented person on the Notre Dame offense, and as a dude who's five games into his career, that's damn impressive. The bald beauty of the week goes to Michael Mayer. Yeah, good choice. Two claps two clap for Michael Congratu- Mayer. Congratulations, Mr. Mayer. He's so darn good, and he's going to be good. I, I, like, I kind of like – I don't always love the three-year college rule. Um, you know, if these guys have the ability to let them go get paid. I love it. I love it now. We get Michael Mayer for two more years after this. 
because yeah. we have to. <laughs> because we have to. Uh, while while we're there, on the I, Mayer played awesome. He put, he was awesome, and that that catch in the back of the end zone. He was open early. He was open earlier than Book found him. Um, Book still found him, and and Mayer still went up and and won and won a battle, uh, which was good. While we're on the topic, you said he threw some bone crushing blocks. Not to and not to take away from his award win this week, but Tremble also a quieter quieter game in the past in the past. Uh, in the passing game, but he absolutely destroyed some some guys on some crackback blocks, uh, which was which was good to see. Um, he is he doesn't mind taking the backseat in the passing game and throwing his weight around. Yeah, he always does. Like under the radar, he he finishes blocks like no other. Agreed, agreed. All right, you want to give so, your... you want you want. All right, I'll go, I'll go ahead. Um, this is a guy that I've been kind of uh, kind of tough on for a while. Um, he's my former boss, and I think for how good of a program we are, our special teams have been pretty awful in the past. So I, I have I have really gone after him, but our special teams coach coordinator, our special team coordinator Brian Pullian, um, made a made a game changing play, or he he called a game changing play on that that block at the end of the first half. Yeah, um, there's what eleven seconds left, and that's that's a seven point swing in our direction and definitely put the game away. Um, so I got to give him some props on that. I know Isaiah Foskey made a great, made a great play, but he was untouched to the punter. Um, so I got to give some props to our special teams coordinator, coach Brian Pullian, cause he never gets it and he'll probably never get it again from me. But, uh, Brian Pullian, you are Ian's intelligent winner of the week. I certainly won't be giving it to him again anytime soon. Um, barring, barring some miracle. Um, the scheme, the scheme on the block, punt, the, the scheme on the block punt was good. Um, and but it's also a, a the 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 up back on that side absolutely whiffed. Um, oh, for, yeah, for I mean, the, the first the first rule of anything in football is take inside out, especially on special teams. And he absolutely whiffed on Foskey and went right to the guy coming from the outside who wasn't going to touch the ball. I, I think I think Foskey was a little surprised he got all the way through. He got all the way home. He was so confused, and then <laughs> nobody came after the ball after him. He was yeah. just like, hold up, like is it a dead ball? Yeah, did something, did something go wrong? The end zone, and he found himself. He found himself in the touchdown. Yeah, I, uh, I, it was good. it was good to see though. I like I like seeing him make big plays. That's uh, that's fun. Also, because it just kind of brings me back to Stefan to it. So he really does. It's uh, I, I hate to put that on him because it's not really fair. He's Isaiah Foskey, not Isaiah, not uh, not Stefan to it. But uh, I can't help but draw a comparison to big guys who wear single digits. Yeah. Um, all right, Slev. All right, speaking take of us, take us home. Speaking of big guys, um, so. According to the Pro Football Focus stats, it should go back to Liam Liam Eikenberg, as it should every week, um, which is making my job difficult. Um, But one guy that I wanted to pick out um, in his homecoming back to Pittsburgh, um, who I thought played really well, was Rob Hainsey. Um, Again, the offensive line was not maybe as dominant as we've seen. Maybe they weren't getting the same push, but you know, early early in the game, both Banks and and Eikenberg took took penalties. Uh, I don't think Rob and Tommy took him on the other side. Uh, I thought Rob played really well. I thought he played a really clean game. Um, it was good to see him back in his hometown in Pittsburgh, just like Kurt Heinisch. They, I thought they both played really, really, really well uh, from their respective respective positions. But I'll go with uh, I'll go with Rob Hansy. I thought I thought he was a good a, a big piece to, to success uh, on the other on the opposite tackle. We give Book some time, um, giving him lanes to, to throw to, throw to and run through. 
Great. That's a good administrative work there with the award, giving it to the hometown kid. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that that one that one made it a little a little easier because I was like, well, I guess I can't may may not necessarily be able to go back to Eichenberg. All right, Georgia Tech this week. Biggest issue here: they're led by Jeff Collins, their best two players, I guess most notable probably through five games, or I think they've played six. Uh, a couple of true freshmen at quarterback and running back. That's Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs. All the Irish have to do to win this game. They're more talented everywhere. Just don't look ahead too much. I think they have just enough talent. They've shown because they've beaten by the transitive property. They beat Louisville by more than Notre Dame beat Louisville. That you know, transitively, they could beat Notre Dame. I think they have just enough talent to put a scare into us. Well, if Notre Dame brings the same mindset that they brought last week against Pitt. I don't think this should be an issue. This game shouldn't be close. Clemson beat these dudes by 66 points. Clemson did beat these dudes by 66 points, but I think the worst blemish on their schedule is losing to Syracuse because Dino Babers does not have much of a team up in upstate New York. The fighting, the, the, the fighting Dino Babers. Yeah, they are doing very, very – they're doing some amateur fighting right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd agree. I, this uh, – don't don't look too far ahead. Um, this this tech team has proven that they can they can hang in hanging games with some good teams. Not talking about Clemson, more so talking about them hanging in with UCF, who I actually don't think is that bad, despite despite them losing. Um, I uh, I think it'll be an interesting I think it'll be an interesting matchup. They're run ba- a, ba- a base four two five defense, uh, which would mean that they'll have they'll have five defensive backs, which means that. Uh, from a number standpoint, especially when we have a tight end in the game or two tight ends in the game, we should be able to run right through the first six guys um, and have Kyron go untouched until he reaches the back five. Um, with that said, if you can get the run game going early, hope maybe they'll have to drop the nickel guy, maybe they'll have to drop the fifth defensive back and drop more into uh, somebody who plays more of like a true rover or, or another linebacker. Um, and hopefully we get some play action going and get the pass game going a little bit too. But I think the key for Notre Dame this week is going to first be established, reestablish the run, um, something that they were forced to get away from last week against a pretty solid pit D line. Um, also exciting uh, that I wanted to mention was uh, who guess who's on the call? We got a uh, do you know who's on the call? Golik Jr. Golik Jr. Oh yes, let's go. It's Golik Jr. Pash and Marty Sim and Marty Smith, excuse me, on, on the call. I like Marty Smith. I think he's. I think he's good. I like Dave Pash. Uh, he should be a good. Should be a good ABC pro on uh, for three thirty on on Saturday. Plus, plus we're back in the three thirty slot. We'll be absolutely dominant. Yes, and where we belong. Where we belong. Uh, not that I don't love the NBC crew, but that is a that is a great booth right there that we're getting treated to every once in a while. Yeah, Slev, I'm, I'm from a from a game player standpoint, I'm with you. I want us to just absolutely trounce these guys on the ground. Um, there's no reason why we shouldn't, as you said, to put three. There are five DBs out there. Um, we we're, we'll have more meat out there. We should be able to create some space. And uh, if our wide receivers can block like they have in the past, I think they'll open up a lot, a lot in the ground game early. And then, like you said, from there, let's get let's get Ian book some numbers. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I know you guys touched on keys to the game. My keys to the game is escape with no one getting hurt. 
Uh, that's code for these guys suck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're they're not horrible, but I mean, yeah, they're they're horrible. You can't lose to a team by sixty six <laughs> and not be horrible. Yeah. Like Notre Dame just needs to blow their doors off, end this thing by halftime. Let Brendan Clark get some more reps. He needs them. Just as long as Ian Kyron, the O line. Tied, all right, the whole roster. I just, I just don't want to see a starter at a significant position. You know, I'm. We could probably, not that I want to, but like, if if like a linebacker besides Wu gets hurt, we have our replacement level players are pretty much the exact same. Just avoid injuries at places where they're crucial for us to win on November seventh. Cover twenty and a half, and I'm a happy man. Just don't give up. A lot of points. I, I I think I think it will be interesting. I guess uh, the quarterback he he's a running quarterback. Jeff Sims. Uh, you know we had some problems containing jo- Jordan Travis. I don't know if Sims is quite as shifty as Travis, who's really kind of impressed me. Just how shifty the dude is. You know they haven't really. I guess they beat Carolina, but they they didn't look great against Louisville. But I don't think sh- Sims is that shifty. But I want to prove that. You know, we can contain these guys because you know, Trevor Lawrence is, you know, he's not a scrambler by any stretch of the imagination, but if he gets, you know, he, he will beat you with his legs if you give him the opportunity. So I just want to see that we can contain him. It'll be a nice challenge for our defense, but I don't think we'll be pressed too hard in this game. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking ahead by just saying this, but uh, you don't want to show Clemson too much. Um, yep. If you can do the easy things and just get your counters going and not really show Tommy Reese and Clark Lee, not really show too much of what you got in your hand, um, and just kind of beat these guys with more talent, I'm fine with that. I agree. I don't. I don't see a reason to need to out coach these guys. Uh, let's just, let's do it. let's do it with the dudes we got because frankly we got way more dudes than they got dudes. Um, one thing, one thing to mention that's worth note is they got a pretty big offensive line as well. Uh, they I think their boys up front are thick with a few C's. Um, so would like to see. Would like to. This might be a good game to get our edge rushers who have a little bit more speed um, to kind of let them turn loose, um, especially especially if Notre Dame can get a lead early. Um, you know, if Notre Dame can go down and punch one in and get a stop and get another punch in. Um, this could get. This could get ugly quick and it could could be a good chance to. To, to turn the uh, turn the ends loose a little bit. You guys want to do some Q and A? We'll get to our official score predictions as always at the end of the pod. Q and A, sure. All That's right, part. I can lead off. So we missed this guy last week. Uh, I don't know if he was busy or he kind of claims it. So this is from our listener retro sports guy from Twitter, who claims that uh, he missed the last week and the only thing he references is peyote. Never done it. Heard about it. Uh, just from TV shows. Um, yeah, Richard Sports guy's a weird dude. I could, just based off his persona, I could see him getting into that stuff. But, Retro Sports guy says, Heard the Irish won pretty good. Would you rather play awesome in the biggest game of the year and watch the whole thing but lose in the last second or win the biggest game of the year but you can never watch that game in your life. Can't watch a replay. Can't watch anything. Am I there to watch the game, or, or am I like I get, at least get to witness the win? Right? 
Yeah, they, we'll we'll say the theoretical say say Bush push two thousand five. You're there in person. It's an awesome game. Notre Dame plays super well, but they lose in the last second. Then say Notre Dame beats the number one team in the country, but you can never watch a second of that game ever. I'm taking the win. Yeah, I'm taking. I think I'm yeah. taking the win too. This is this is a tough question from our guy, retro sports guy. Uh, I don't. I I think I'm taking the win because it would enhance my viewing pleasure of the rest of the 13 games because I'm assuming the biggest game of the year is the national championship. Um, but it would just make the rest of the 13 games all that much more pleasurable to watch. So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the win with Slev. Yeah, I I disagree here. Um, it's kind of weird, but like I always have these dreams. So back when I was a kid, uh, for I don't know if it was a birthday or Christmas present, but you know, me and my brother, I think it was a combined gift. We always got combined gifts. Our birthdays are two days apart. We're two years apart. Um, but we got the movie Click for Ooh, Adam the present. Good for it. With Adam Sandler. Where the remote, fucking Christopher Walken, whatever, weird movie, where, where, where the, he like tries to skip through the boring parts in life, but then the remote gets a mind of its own and starts skipping around. He misses his kids growing up, misses all these huge memories, and he's just like, oh my gosh, like, what happened? Like, he, you know, it's the little things, it's the ups and downs that, you know, really made his life, you know, if... You don't experience the bad parts. How are you going to experience the good? That that type of thing. I'm being long-winded right now, but ever since that, I, I watched that, and I watched that movie probably 40 times in my life, but, uh, you know, I had, like, these nightmares where I just wake up, and it's, like, 2025, and I missed everything, and I start freaking out. Um, wow. I don't... We got, we got I a would, lot to unpack here. Yeah. I never <laughs> want that to happen <laughs> with a football game, you know? If it's the greatest win in my lifetime of Notre Dame, I don't want to miss that, you know? I had an awesome time going down to Athens last fall. Even though we fell short, that experience was sweet, something I'll talk about, you know, for years to come. Even though we fell short, just to say I was in that stadium, you know? Awesome environment, biggest crowd in their history. You know, I'm a, I'm a process guy is what I'm trying to say. You know, it may not always be about the results, but if you're there battling the number one team in the country and it's close at the end and you got to watch some epic moments in that game that will be talked about by the national media, by Notre Dame fans for years to come, I, I'd, I'd be okay with that loss rather than not being able to ever see a second of that win. Because what fun's the win if you can't experience it in real time with all your friends, you know? That was like an Academy right. Awards speech. We're going to start playing the music. Yeah, Good thank you. Off stage. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I gotta, Good, gotta question. My, Good question. I got to grab Good my question, box retro. of tissues before the next one. Hold on. Yeah. Retro sports guy. Great question. <laughs> always, though. He always asks great questions. Slav, so, you want to take the next one? Uh, yeah. Um, so this one's this one's a little older. Um, but uh, ba- Tom Bodzioni, Bods, asked, Outside of Clemson, the ACC championship game, what game is the toughest on the schedule? Uh, what do you guys think? The easy answer would be North Carolina, right? I mean, that'd be that'd be the easy answer. Because um, they kind of bounce back in a good way. I think they're they're a good team. They 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 slowed down um, against on the Florida road. State. That's a tough loss. I, I think I think the easy answer has got to be North Carolina. Yeah, I guess. Who else is on schedule after? 
Clemson. I guess it's it's Boston uh, College, Syracuse, and Wake. Wake and North Carolina. Uh, the the Phil revenge game could be tough just because we're coming off Clemson. Still riding that emotional high. We have to travel all the way to Boston. Probably our longest road trip of the year. Slav, you should try to sneak into that game. I'm working on it. Um, Slav, what do you yeah. think? Yeah. Uh, I'm going. I'm going with North Carolina. Um, I think that it's going to be an interesting one. Is it the day after Thanksgiving? Oh, I believe so. Yeah, this yeah, Black it Friday. Is. Yeah, so I think it's going to be really interesting. It's a, it's a Friday night in Chapel Hill, the day after Thanksgiving. You're not playing at your normal time. Um, you're playing on Friday instead of Saturday. Plus, it's an odd week, anyways, with Thanksgiving. Um, and I guess they're used to traveling anyways. They're just going to the other coast usually. Um, so, I don't know. I think that there's a number of factors besides the fact that North Carolina's a good team and Sam Howell's a good quarterback and, and Mac Brown's a good coach. Um, I think there are a number of other factors that would lead me to believe that that North Carolina game is, is, is the next toughest. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with that. All right. Is it my turn for a question? All right. This is uh... – a question from one of our listeners, John Ryan. Great question, Mr. Ryan. Um, I think this is time. It's time this is addressed because uh, a lot of people are wondering if D is bald, who's bold and who's gold. Uh uh-uh. I think D D should give that give the give the sign. I'm bald. No, yeah, we <laughs> never. That's been established. Now, now, now you two, you, you two can duke it out. Who's bold? Who's gold? I all right. I'll give my take. Um, I would say Ian's bold, Slevin's gold, just because, I don't know, Slevin, you like to have a rosier take on everything. When we were going through our grades first two weeks and, you know, there's more boring game reviews, uh, I don't think you ever went below me on a single grade. Gold, you have a rosy, optimistic. I'm soft as shit. You of the Irish. Yeah, you love pro football focus. I don't know what that has to do with it, but you just fucking love pro football focus. I do. And uh, Ian, yeah, I'd say you've had some of the strongest takes here, especially drilling in the USF's punter. So I'll give you bold. (laughs) Are there any? uh, I got anyone like to contest that? I got no qualms with that. I think you hit on the head. Okay, is it is it possible that it's like a fluid? It's a fluid thing though. Like, what if could change? I I get really really stressed out in the next couple weeks, and I look similar to Dom. Yeah, you. Okay. I just, just wondering like, if I'm if I'm stuck to this persona or can I if I if I can work my way out of it and and into your desired yeah. persona. You definitely could. You know, you'd have a chance. Right, good. It's good to know. Is, is uh is Bold still leading the the picks leaderboard? Uh, I think I think Bold is. I but I think Bold knew the knew the answer to that question before he asked it. Um, Maybe I don't know. So we'll do a quick review of last week. Um. Ian, you I think Ian, you were three and three. Dono, you were one and five. I was two and four. Uh, I won money last week. I actually I did not know that Dono was one and five before I got into that. that I was awesome. one and five. Which one? Oh, you got there was some there were some tough hooks in here that we got beat on. So Ian, you won you won you were the only winner in the Did I only win my lock of the week? No, you lost that one. Georgia's no, Georgia State what no no you was, I won that one. You, Georgia State was two point five dogs and they won outright. Oh, they, you were. I thought you said they were. I thought you said they were favorites. Um, nah. Okay. Two and four, okay. baby. Two, two and, and four. four. Two and four. Update the books. 
Okay, I've updated them. So Dono is also two and four. Um, me and you both have records of thirteen and twenty-two, which is disgusting. Ian, you're at seventeen and eighteen. <laughs> um, um, Notre Dame. So only winner in the Notre Dame game was Ian. Uh, you stuck with the Irish. I know Dono played. That's my ver- first. That was my first Notre Dame win of the year. Yeah, Notre uh, Dono. I know you played the reverse psychology card. Um, I'm going to test my theory this week. I'm going to take Notre Dame again. Um, this week, once we get to it, and we'll see how the how the reverse drinks works. Um, we'll test it one more time before before we get into Clemson. Um, Ian and Donna, you both lost NC State. Uh, I won on North Carolina in that game. Uh, Donna, you and I both lost on uh, on Oklahoma State by a point. Uh, it was three and a half. They won by three. Ian, you won on Iowa State in that game. Um, Joe Milton shoved it right back up at, at us, um, and Michigan took took the game against Minnesota by by ease. Um, Cincinnati won big in Dallas, um, meaning Ian lost that game, and Donald and I won that game. Donald, your lock of the week one as Georgia State won the game. Um, Ian, Wait, no, your was that, lock was my of the lock week. West Virginia? West Virginia lost. Won, won? I think it did. Yeah, your lock of the week won. No, they lost versus Tech. So am I 2-4? West Virginia. Oh, oh, there you lost. Never mind. All right, so I messed up this week. So Ian, you, Ian, you're actually. I think you were two and four. Notre Dame, Notre, Notre, Notre Dame, and Iowa State were your wins. Okay, so I fucked up a little bit. So Ian, you're at, you were six, you were sixteen and nineteen. Your dad, you're sixteen and nineteen now. Okay, so not a great week, but now we, now we move on. Now we move on. All right, the first game we're going to pick. I got the line set a little lower than Dono mentioned earlier. It seemed like the the consensus line by seven by seven forty five tonight was. Notre Dame at Georgia Tech. Notre Dame favored by 20 on the road. Uh, who you guys got? Irish. I'm not thinking this week. I'm just going. I, I'd say Irish win 42-7. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 38 to 10. No, I'm. I'm gonna go 45 to 17. Um, I think. My issue with the line here is I don't think our starters will have any issue getting um, out to a big. I'll take uh, cover is susceptible. But I'll take the Irish. the Irish 45-14. No problem on the cover. All right, biggest game of the weekend probably. Um, yeah, besides ours of course. Um, Ohio State travels to Happy Valley to take on Penn State. Um, nothing like a good Halloween Halloween football game, uh, Halloween Big Ten football game at night here. Um, Penn State, twelve point home dogs. Who you guys got? Donna, you can go first. <laughs> no, I wanna. I wanna. I can go first. You know, if, support if my boy Sean Clifford. I wanna support Sean Clifford, but uh, I think Ohio State's really good. As much as it pains me to say, you know, watching Penn State, you know, they didn't really give up that many yards to Indiana. Fuck it, I'm going Penn State. All right, I'll flip that. I I am not going Penn State. Um, if it was a normal weekend in Happy Valley, I think it'd be tough for them, tough for Ohio State to really break free. But I don't really know how it's going to look in Happy Valley with uh, COVID and all that. Because um, usually that is one of the scariest places to play in all of football. Um, but I'm, I, there's no reason... Or Ohio State gave me no reason to think that they weren't going to actually blow Penn State out of their own stadium. So I'm going to go with Ohio State to cover that 12. 
I got uh, I got Justin Fields and the Buckeyes as well. Um, I got I have no qualms about that. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna blow the doors off James Franklin uh, and Sean Clifford. Um, I'm not you know his his bomber allegiances do not do not tongue, uh, pull on my heartstrings whatsoever. Um, I think I think Ohio State goes in there and works them, um, especially after a little bit of a shaky start in the first half against Nebraska. I think they got something to prove uh, whether the rest of the country thinks it or not. All right, next game. Um, this this game is a, a really interesting one, guys. This is LSU going to Auburn to take on Gus Malzahn uh, at Auburn, and Auburn is three point dogs at home. A lot of home dogs this week. Who do you guys I, think? I if I had the chance, I'd take the over here. Um, I think LSU might have found something in TJ Finley. Um, he might have given them a little a second lease on life. Um, not that Miles Brennan was playing terribly, but uh, just just something new for them in a, in a season that was going pretty poorly. Um, and I think Auburn has a lot of holes um, overall in their football team. Not that LSU doesn't, but I think LSU was just on the up and up. They might have found something um, against South Carolina. They dominated that game, and I think they're going to beat Auburn this weekend. So I'm going to take LSU. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of retweet what Ian said. I think LSU's offense really struggled start the year. Um, I, I think they might have found something. I think they, they just have too much talent on their defense right now for them to keep struggling. And I don't think Auburn, you know, has the weapons to, I guess, push them that much. I got LSU. Uh, I, too, have the Tigers of of, of LSU. Um, Gus Malzahn's luck has to run out at some point, um, especially with Bo, Bo Picks playing quarterback for him. So um, I I gotta go I gotta go with LSU I I actually think this has potential uh, to get ugly um, if it starts to go the wrong way um, I could see a full 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 sideline implosion um, from the Auburn Tigers but I guess we'll see so that's a, that's a clean sweep on LSU for the fellas um, next game big group of five game for the weekend um, there's two we could have chosen chosen from uh, but we went with this one um, UCF. At Houston, uh, Houston is two and a half point dogs at home. Small line again, uh, home dog. Uh, what do you guys think? D. Uh, so yeah, I almost wish we picked the over under in this game. The over under is at eighty two and a half. Hey, put some points on the board. <laughs> you guys, can, anybody, anybody can feel free to lock it up if if they feel so inclined. Um, I don't know. I I think UCF is. Better than their record says, you know, they lost a really tough game against Memphis and another scoring, high-scoring game that would have gone over. I'm going to bet the over in this game. It's fun to do that. Um, I really like Dylan Gabriel. I think, you know, will they be able to stop Houston's question? They really can't stop anyone. But, yeah, fuck it. I'm going with UCF. I also think Dylan Gabriel is a great quarterback, but I just do not trust UCF. By any means, um, Houston I think is a little underrated just because of the lack of games that they've played. I think they're still good teams. I'm gonna go with Houston here to cover two and a half and maybe little money line sprinkle. Um, I'm gonna go with Dylan Gabriel and the UCF Knights. Um, I think they're just gonna be a little bit too much for this Houston team. Um, I think the not that their loss was fluky, but I think that you know, I think that UCF game, UCF Memphis game is a game that can go either way every year. Um, just happened to be that this one, this one went to to the Memphis Tigers. 
Um, so I'll go with Dylan Gabriel and, and the UCF Golden Knights. Uh, they're they're uh, I think I think they get a win here um, in Houston. All right, last game that we'll pick. Um, special request from our from our bald uh, bald podcast host. The Coastal Carolina Chandeliers will go down to play Georgia State. Uh, Georgia State is a three point home dog. What do you guys who do you guys like? Panthers money line. Panthers money line. Period. This this was admittedly the toughest game to pick. because um, yeah, I don't want to pick against either of these teams. But I am gonna go I'm gonna go with the Shot Clears. Just because they're they're just kinda hype. I'm gonna go with Shot Clears. Alright. I too will be going with the shots. Um, keep the keep the shots ranked. Um, let's let's keep this let's keep this this fire fire burning here uh, at Coastal. Uh, I got I got the shots. All right, fellas. Anybody got a, anybody got a lock that they uh, they feel like throwing out? I can also go with mine. Up to you guys. Can you can you guys guess what my lock of the week is this week? It's the Mormons. Every week it's gonna be the Mormons. No, it's BYU, baby. BYU minus 28.5 at home against Western Kentucky. Give me Zach Wilson and the boys. The latter-day boys. They get Western Kentucky at home. That's correct. Yeah, Western Kentucky at home, and they're I have them at 28.5 favorites. Okay. Um, and that's not enough. That's a big, that's uh, a big number. Slev, Slev, you can take the next one. I, I'm trying to just throw shit on the wall and seeing if it sticks here. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the North Carolina Tar Heels. They're going to, um, they're going to Charlottesville to take on the Virginia Cavaliers. Um, I don't think Virginia is that good. Um, I know they're, they have pretty decent defense, um, but, uh, I just don't think they have any kind of weapons on offense. Um, ended up picking up, ended up hanging tight with, with Miami last week, but I think Sam Howell. I think Sam Howell is just going to be too much, and this North Carolina offense is going to be too much. I'll take him by. I'll take him by a touchdown on the road. I got. I got the Tar Heels. All right, I'm going to make a bold pick, not one I feel that confident. It's it's either going to, or it's Texas Oklahoma State. Texas is either going to win close game or just get blown out of the fucking building. Um, you know they've been really close in a lot of games. For example, Red Bull. Red River rivalry four overtimes, and I think Oklahoma has a lot more talent than Oklahoma State. Uh, I think you know, hopefully their offense is starting to come around here. Uh, I know that's your boy over there, Sam Ellinger, Slevin. I think they got this one. I think you know, any you guys see Jesse Palmer put Oklahoma State ahead of us. Yeah, what a bozo! Come on. I mean, yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, I don't. I got Texas. I, I think I'm gonna do a little money line sprinkle. So Texas plus three and a half. I was Texas thinking about taking. I was thinking about taking Oklahoma State as my lock. The other way, Oklahoma State the other way. Uh, I just think they're just overall better football team than oh. Texas in so many different ways. But I didn't. So maybe I'll ride with you, Donald. I don't take advice from someone. Yeah, I, I was about to say I don't take advice from someone who has a betting record under 500. Is <laughs> that so? I can't. I can't. I can't believe you're taking your own advice, then. Yeah. Um, he didn't say what. one of the. He just has to make a pick. One of one other one other game I was interested in. Um, Rutgers in Piscataway. Uh, my plus eleven at home against this Indiana team. I could very easily see this game being a ten point game. 
I will likely be taking. I know my fr- my friend Dan Delfico and I will be taking the Rutgers Scarlet Knights uh, at home also on, on Saturday. Man. Just the Shiano the Shiano man had the boys rolling last week. I'm excited. That's it. Oh yeah, Shiano Shiano man is right. banded banded uh, band of misfits. Shout out All shout right. out to my grandpa for uh, getting us through the pit week. <laughs> Yeah, that was oh, yeah. that. That got a lot. That, of, huge. that got a lot of noise. Um, Love you, Gramps. People were. You too, Grandma. People. Were, hey. <laughs> right. so you guys follow us on social media. 